Or you can do all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair with the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly With Molly and Bergie. All right, we're here. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Hopefully you're tuning in on some audio streaming services, or if you're watching us on YouTube, hello, there's my handle. Make sure that you give us a follow. (laughs) That shit is dope, man. That's good shit right there, man. I I need to be around more money in my life. This this is nice. They have (laughs) cued in when you're talking and stuff. I like this. You just, you know what? You just have to have people to support you. If it wasn't for Chris Denman allowing me to use the space and people that believe in the podcast. uh, That's my new friend. I'm getting rid of my old friends. You don't give me. Y'all are my new friends. I done found a whole lot. Fuck your old friends. Oh, I got to stop. I'm not going to sit. Okay. (laughs) I'm really happy that you're here. I just wanted to introduce really quickly and then we'll get into the good stuff. Uh, sitting next to me again, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening, well, I guess if you're listening on audio, he's also still yeah, sitting still next me. <laughs> to me. Uh, St. Louis-based comedian. He is a writer for a web series called Co-Parents on YouTube, and he is a voice of the cartoon here right in St. Louis. What's up, dog? Give it up for Tommy Dangerfield. Oh, there you go. You really got to flex it out. St. Louis in the building. I feel good, man. This is nice. Oh, I love it. I appreciate you. Yeah, oh I'm my gosh! Well, I feel honored. I've been some of my favorite, uh, favorite comedians been on here. Oh really? Yeah. What? So name a few. Who's some favorite uh, ones? Her- Stephon Hightower. He's one of the first people uh, I got to see on stage. Stephon and, Hightower. Yeah. Yeah. Stephon. He gave mm-hmm. me uh, some pointers, even though I didn't think he liked me at first. Oh. <laughs> you know, Stephon got that demeanor. Like, uh, what the fuck you want? Oh man, he hella cool though, man. Him. Uh, who else been on her? Uh, I just sent him. I'm, Scott James. Scott James. I'm yeah. sorry, I forgot. I'm, I'm <laughs> flustered. I ain't used to all these lights and nice stuff. It's just, I feel I'm nervous. I don't know what to do with my hands. I feel like Ricky Bobby. Just, oh my gosh, I'm, you're too funny. I don't know what to do with my hands here. Well, this is the best part about this podcast is that if I actually told Tommy, I'm in some comfy pants right now, but you know, I don't got on no shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and my feet don't stink though. Oh, there you go. That's They're a clean. <laughs> clean feet. It's always good. I love it. You got clean feet. I can't walk in no woman's house feet stinking. <laughs> You're too funny. Well, you could, but it's just wrong. It's disrespectful. It's, just, it's all wrong. <laughs> can't can't have stinky feet. But I do. I appreciate you coming in. What have you been casually up to today? What's been happening? Uh, today, I just been a guy who working. Uh, I hate people. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to do it's my job no more. I just want to be a stand-up comedian. But I'm here uh, tonight. There'll to be a uh, legacy open mic. Uh, it's a comedy competition. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm just going to perform. I don't do competitions well no more. That's that hurts your soul when you're not funny one night and just. You feel like you lost it. Or you might have won and still lost, depending on the competition. Yeah. The competition. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with Word Up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Word Up, yeah. That's actual competition. But saying to other competitions, have you ever been some? Yeah. Yeah. Helium, Funny Bone, yeah. a lot of, just any really comedy competition, especially if you're in comedy, you probably can relate to the competition aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's the most funnest, nerve-wracking thing you ever do in your life. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have fun. I did not. Oh. <laughs> I did not. I was nervous. I was waiting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make it, though. I didn't make it. I didn't make it at all. It's Well, the thing is, like, a competition for people who are listening in, because we do have people who, like, appreciate comedy okay, that right. listen if they don't know, is like, it's just a different realm. Like when you're doing a show, 
you're like doing what you love. You're right. kind of in the moment, whether you're hosting, featuring. I'm, again, I'm not a headliner, but I'm assuming Ooh, if either. you're a headliner, you're doing the Ooh, same yeah. thing. But a competition is just a little bit different in that the stakes are because you're like, oh, am I going to make it to the next round? And then sometimes a lot of the first round is about like people voting for you. Right. And then it's like the second round's like, well, now it's judges. So it's right. like, who's judging me? So it's a, it really is a different I call it a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was nervous and for no reason. I'm so used to being on stage. I'm going to have fun. And I got there. It was so no, not fun. No fun at all. So <laughs> I said, if you're going to do a competition, don't go in there trying to win. Just go to be funny. Yeah. Then if you win, that's a plus. Yes. <laughs> well, it. see, that's how I feel, too. Like, a lot of people, there was somebody that told me once at the Helium competition. They were like, you were so relaxed. And I was like, yeah, because I was having, like, the then time of my life. You was relaxed, though. You was yeah. like, it was like, she, I wish I had that energy. I was up there like this. So... <laughs> Laugh, laugh, people. Uh, uh, I was nervous as hell, so I was like, yeah, I fucked that up. Well, I fell, not last year, but the year before, I fell right as my set started. I, I It was wow. like, so Tina calls me up, Tina Debaum, who's a local comedian here. Funny. I, hilarious, like amazing. She's a winner. She was hosting the show because she won the year right. before. And she's like, yeah, give it up for Molly Ambrose. So I like come in. And I guess there was like a slippery area of the stage. And of course I'm in like these boots and I fall over. And I was like, all right, I just have to get up and address this. So I did, I was like, I'm a theater major, shit happens. And then everybody laughed. And I just was like, well, if this is the worst that happened, like anything I do after is gonna be fine. Just gonna be good. <laughs> you fail, that's, that's, you don't get no worse than that unless you like fall off the stage too. Like yeah. getting off stage, then you just fucked up twice. <laughs> I fell on stage before I couldn't get up. What? I made it a part of the joke, though. Aha, people didn't know this part. I fell like a motherfucker, but I made it part of my joke. Where was this? At the Laugh Lounge. Oh, man. It was on the Laugh Lounge. I had slid off the... You know, when I first started, I used to sit down. I was comfortable sitting down, because I, I, I didn't know I had to stand up at yeah. all. I was comfortable. So when I sat down, it wasn't already set. So when I slid, boom, and I thought talking about my grandfather immediately. Like, this is how my grandfather fell. <laughs> <laughs> I was hurt. I think that's kind of how I fucked up my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got side from the Laugh Lounge. I'm suing. <laughs> right. If you are watching from the Laugh Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> if the Laugh Lounge is still open, it was just not. <laughs> Expect Jungle Law to right. be calling <laughs> you jungle at some law. point. The law Spencer Tegmeier. He is going to be representing <laughs> That joke is so long and it was so funny and annoying at the same time because it was funny. It was like, I get it. It is so hilarious. Again. Jungle law, law of the jungle, the jungle of law, 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 jungle, jungle it's law. So, it's it, like, this fucking <laughs> made this a genius joke. Because I never thought about it until I started seeing it. I'm like, Cause you know you keep seeing the banners everywhere. I heard yeah. the commercial, so you made that joke. I'm like, nah, it makes so much annoying. <laughs> Every time right. I hear it, see it now, like, I hate jungle law. Jimmy, like, cries, like, almost. Like, he, his face gets so red when Spencer does that joke. Because you don't know when it's going to so end. Yeah. He's like, ah, you got me again, motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> But speaking of jokes, you are a comedian as well. Uh, sometimes. Here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, so, well, so what's funny, how long have you been doing comedy, actually? Uh, in January, it was thir three years. Three See, years. I feel like you and I, maybe you started a little bit before me, but we kind of entered comedy at the same, same time. Yep. And it was so, so like back in the day when I was on <laughs> dating apps, okay? the um, There was some dating app, because I wanted to like kind of branch out from Bumble and stuff just because I like didn't really know. I didn't understand. And I was like, well, there's this one app. I don't even remember the name of it. But the very first episode I did of Casually Molly, which I was telling was on my phone, okay. was like my some of my girlfriends came POL. over. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just, it was not as nice as this. Like it wasn't good. <laughs> so I remembered 
this guy messaged me and it was also a friends app too. So people could make like connections and stuff, which I didn't think was a real thing until I used this app. Mm -hmm. And why I bring this up is because he was like, Hey, you do stand up comedy. I was like, I do. And he goes, do you know Tommy Dangerfield? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I do. And he goes, yeah, well, like you guys should like, you know, get, you know, be friends, like work with each other. And like this guy went from possibly asking me out to giving me life advice about being friends with you. So that way <laughs> in comedy. So for I'll the guy. I'll some tickets to this damn show while you come over and talk to her. You want some tickets to my show? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Bring me get you no pussy, dog. It was so fun. Well, then he goes, well, have a great life. Like, best of luck on your career. He just. I was like, what? And then we never, like, went out. Nothing happened. But it was just funny because I was like, I do know Tommy. So the next time I saw you, I told you what happened. And you were like, so out of nowhere, he just brought up me. And I was like, yeah. That's just <laughs> weird. That's still, I, I kind of want to know who this guy is because I, I want to know to walk away from him, maybe, or... <laughs> Seven uh, right. tickets to a show. I'm confused by your whole approach with that. So like, you know, Tommy, you should mm-hmm. talk to him, be his friend. Have a nice life. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's Just weird. Like, this, should, you, this should be happening. So this is happening. Uh, we're friends now. Wordplay should be having my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow Tommy Dangerfield TV. <laughs> right. It's on there. <laughs> but why don't you tell us a little bit? You are based here. Now, are you from St. Louis? Yes, born okay. and raised, born unfortunately. And raised. <laughs> so some people, so I'm not from here, but some people say that. Like, there's some people who are from here and they're like, I love St. Louis. Like, this is my city. Or some people have like a love-hate relationship about I would, it. I'm on both yeah. sides. I love, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't trade being born here. Being born here made me who I am. But it's a hard city to live in. Mm-hmm. I learned that doing comedy and music. I did music first. It was like, it's a hard place to get music going. I didn't know that. I rapped, yeah. That's why I got all the tattoos. And hey. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was a <laughs> rapper and not a comedian. Yeah. But uh, I, the music scene was different. Like when you go out of town, you see different cultures and then the, the embrace like Chicago plays Chicago based music now when you come to St. Louis you get a Sunday night maybe or mm-hmm. Monday maybe an hour or some weird time frame like so like you ain't really feeling the coach like the comedy scene here we got a dope comedy scene but we don't have a lot of headlines outside of her mm-hmm. it's like that's crazy to me I know some headliners here Jesse yeah. Taylor I'd be like why wow, he's still here uh, Javon Bibbs uh, I keep going on we got a lot of them it's just like it's a hard city to make it in. So if you can make it here, you're definitely the first person to ever do that. <laughs> you make it here and not leave. That's impossible. You have to leave here. That's it. it says anywhere, but I don't see that. Like New York, they pretty much build their stores. Chicago, California. It's just they, they brand and build stores. It's like here, we got a billion stores that nobody really gets to see. Yeah. Well, that's what's kind of nuts to me, too, is where... You know, people, when I tell people I do comedy, people are like, oh, where do you perform? And I'm like, well, sometimes, you know, we have independent venues that we, so for St. Louis Independent Comedy, when I'm trying to like update the website for that, and I'm like, here's what's happening here and there. And then of course, like you do have your club venues like Helium or Funny Bone. And it's like, they're, what's great, I mean, pre-COVID, obviously, like, (laughs) seeing helium filled and, like, the funny bone filled and stuff, it's just been a different experience. But people all the time would be like, oh, I didn't even know helium existed, or I didn't even know the funny... And I'm like, well, there's definitely those loyal patrons that are like making these shows happen. But then it's crazy to me how people are like, oh, I live in like Wildwood and I had no idea that this was a thing. I'm one of, the, I'm one of those people. I got introduced to comedy, to the helium the first time somebody took me to a show. Oh. I feel like an asshole. That's how I got introduced to Alisa D. Okay. It was weird. I, I, she was like, you want to do something? Let's go to a comedy show. And I had never been. Well, I've walked through a comedy show, but I've never actually sat and enjoyed mm-hmm. one. 
So we went down, was Ali Sadiq, he was on stage telling the story, the uh, Mexican got boots on story. One of the funniest stories I ever heard in my life. I was literally crying in church. And when he got on stage, I'm like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. And a week later, I got drunk and hung one hangout at the Laugh Lounge. Somebody signed me up. That's, I started doing comedy that day. But the helium, I didn't know nothing about the helium either. I had never knew. They said it's been here for two years. I'm like, how many cameras in the mall? A million times. I never know it's a goddamn comedy club in the mall. Really? <laughs> it's a club in the mall. Nobody ever seen this place. You go downstairs, like, oh, it's an actual comedy club down there. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. So it was like, people don't know because it's not really exposed. The Funny Bone, I only know about that because I started doing comedy. Before I started doing comedy, I never been to the Funny Bone. Yeah. I even thought about going to the Funny Bone. And that's the thing about endeavors like that is that when you are in it, you learn all about it. Right. You know, like you, I go in, like, again, I, the comedy I knew was really from Saturday Night Live TV. and then TV, like net, oh, Netflix was like a key <laughs> because all of a sudden it was like all these specials and like here I am in my life, like, I mean, I would like to also preface this is still happening, but like I was in my like early to mid 20s and I was kind of like, well, you know, I love theater. I love doing it, but I was always a comedic actress. And long story short, I would like look at I was like, these girls are like me. Like I I relate to these people like I love Tiffany Haddish. Like I'm like, I like I I still to this day, I'm like, I'm so grateful that we have access to something. But I have people, too, that'll say the same thing where they saw a show and they like you know, well, who was the person you saw? Ali Sadiq. Yes, and you were saying how you saw it, and you're like, oh my God, I want to do this. Right, because so, yeah. I had reached out, like, years before, people had told me I was funny, but I was like, I just used my humor for best of things, like, selling drugs, like, this some trash-ass drugs, but I'll make you laugh, don't trip off and take you to your car. Mm-hmm. So I was using my humor and my wit to do shit like that, but it was like, I, it wasn't going nowhere, so... Yeah. I talked. I reached out to Chad Wallace when I first I was on Facebook, just cracking jokes on Facebook all the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, start hitting open mics. And I was like... That sounds good. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> it took a year later to go to an actual comedy show to see what you mean. I'm like, this is magic. So I can tell people my life story and then laugh at this shit and pay me for it? I quit. I didn't quit nothing. I just started comedy, but I wanted to quit my regular job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still want to. I still haven't figured that out yet, so. Yeah, it's hard when you're doing, because I have a day job, too, and it's the same, like, it's very, like, you really have to be, I'm trying to think of a way to say this, but you have to really be a determined person. Yeah. because sell drugs. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> just like, you know what, at it's this point. Sell cocaine, point, you'll be okay. I'm just going to make, so I was watching the OnlyFans documentary on Hulu it's last night. OnlyFans documentary. And I was like, um, I texted Jimmy, and I was like, man, listen, we could have gotten a new house right now if I had started an OnlyFans account, like, this girl just made $75,000 in one month and I'm making an honest living <laughs> doing this podcast and trying to do comedy when I can. I what am I doing? I a friend making money off of selling people pictures of her feet. I was like, God damn, I wish my feet was pretty. I, I know. I was like, I don't know if my feet are very good right now. So I'm going to start testing the wall. I'm going to start posting pictures see if somebody's going to bite. And it's <laughs> I like crazy. Money. Yeah, well, because there's other comedians. Like, there was a famous comedian that had a... I know there's famous people, even if they're not doing like feet photos, they're just doing like shows on OnlyFans. Like, oh, we're talking about like intimate material where it's like, oh, we're behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. oh, we're doing this. And you know, they're making money. So I was like, maybe there's a. So Molly, casually, Molly's going to switch over to OnlyFans (laughs) in case anybody. We got to show a little skin to get in, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You got to get in this game. Uh, but speaking of speaking of getting into the game, you started doing comedy, and now what's been really cool is like you know what I kind of like about having you on is I've been able to hustle with you and everything, which has been kind of cool. Like we just did a show together over at the Crack Fox. Yeah, that was, was fun. fun. That venue was dope. Yeah, it's a great venue. Don't ever do drugs on that venue though. No. Don't ever. <laughs> You fall right Mushroom, off the stage. Mushroom, yeah. yeah. You like, I'm just going to fall into this whole stage. I'm going to live here. <laughs> it was, yeah. 
I, I just see, like I said, I feel like you've gotten so like comfortable with it. I always think you're having a fantastic time. Now you're hosting the open mic this weekend at the Funny Book on Sunday. Um, You're doing shows like... like there was one day I think I messaged you because I we were on the funny bone list on a Tuesday night and I I was like that was your best set yet and even though there was only maybe what 15 people in the audience yeah. people are in masks you murdered that room like people were loud it was like there were more people I was there. scared I, I noticed when I'm scared on stage I go into a panic mode so I gotta find the funniest thing in the world to think about right now like right. I gotta think about something fast I gotta be funny right now right now I gotta be funny because that, that that adrenaline. So mm-hmm. I talk fast too, so that's a bad thing. I, I remember Tony Roberts had pulled me to the side after uh, breaking, I think, Willie Lynch Jr. up to the stage. She was like, hey, you funny, but slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? I talk fast. What are you saying? Me too. I, so I get it when we was on stage. I was like, that's me. She a female me. Yeah. Like, calm that slow, slow, slow. And you would catch ourselves slowly coming down. And I think it's just because we're hustling in between all these things. So we're like, now we have to hustle more on stage and we got to get through this because we have all this material that we wrote down. Right. And then, yeah, <laughs> And so. we got to get it out. Y'all got to listen to it. Every bit of it. And it just, it murders your jokes. Stephanie yeah. was telling about stepping on my jokes. It was, it was a learning experience. It was happy. Like, my man Tommy Davidson, he was he talked fast. He was mm-hmm. telling me, he talking about, I was talking about sets. I ain't got no sets like that. My sets is whatever I wanted to be. He's like, just know your material. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was my biggest issue, not wanting to practice my material. I still had that issue. I'm not going to lie. It's like, I don't want to feel like it's over-practiced when I get on stage. So I don't yeah. feel genuine. I don't feel like it's, it's me right then. I feel like I'm on autopilot. Like, yeah, and how about this? And oh, uh, I, I don't like that feeling. I like the energy of being, like you said, when you first see me, I was full of energy and vodka. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I stopped doing that too. Alcohol would kill that too because you would be on stage literally just on autopilot. Just, yeah. I'm having fun. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I just said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know like, what happened. Know. And you guys have a good night there. But the more I feel like, so this is something that I've learned from theater and I've had to use that as kind of like that's a, a pacing great thing. thing. That's a great thing to have. Oh, yeah. And even though I don't do a lot of like acting anymore, um, we're gonna I would, need, I need to talk to you about that. We need some more actors. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I love theater. I still, I, I really miss it. Like, I got to do that movie this weekend, and that was really fun. But it, uh, what I kind of learned about it, when you're thinking about, like, oh, like, I wanna make sure I come off genuine, you always have to remember that it's a different audience every night. So, you know, it's like you right. can't, you can't, like, you're like, oh, like, I feel the same way too. Like, right. even when I was in theater, I was like, you know, I don't want to make this feel like over rehearsed or fake. Like, how do I be as an actor when I'm pretending to be somebody Somebody else? else. Like, but still make this genuine. And I'm like, oh, you got to trust the audience too, in a sense that, like, oh, they're going to, it's a new experience for them. And the same with comedy. Like, it's a new experience for them. They don't know you, you don't know them, but you're like, hey, we're going to learn on this together. Eventually, I guess when you're a headliner, maybe you're known for certain jokes and whatnot. And sometimes not even be a headliner. I remember a person got mad at me because I didn't tell a certain joke. Really? I booked you to tell this joke. Follows like, Happy Dangerfield TV. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I'm like, oh, what joke is that? You know, the Tootie Fruity joke. The Tootie Fruity joke. I'm like, Tootie Fruity joke. Okay, I'm sorry, sir. I'll I, I tell it next time. I don't know what you had the Tootie Fruity joke is. I had a joke about Lil Richard passing away, and I forgot about it, but I, it was part of another joke that I didn't think about telling it. That's okay. He was really upset about this. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Next time I see you, I'm going to make sure I tell a Tootie Fruity joke. Was it like a private party, or what was the... It, it, was a private, it wasn't a private party. He, it, was, it was like a little showcase they had put together uh, sure. in Centralia. Okay. And that was, it, he, had, he had seen me at the laugh line, and apparently I did that joke. He was like, I want to hear that again. That shit was funny. 
you were talking about all the music and all this. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I don't remember that joke, sir. At the laugh lounge, I was, I, I took that time to learn how to be on stage, but I was still freestyling and drinking on stage. So yeah. I really wasn't honing my skill like I had to until I started, really started branching out to comedy clubs, all of them. So it's like, oh, I can't do that here, huh? <laughs> oh, they're going to book me, but I can't get booked because I don't look unprofessional. So it took a while to get that side of me under control. Yeah, well, that's that's okay, though. Like, I feel like there are, like, especially when I'm trying to do, like, raw material, bar mics are the best for that Ooh. because you're like, oh, let me see. I really miss wild card. I would love to go back to doing <laughs> yeah. that just because you could do, like, the um, the pulling the cards and, like, kind of improving no and doing but um you know when you are in clubs and whatnot i i love the professional setting of it it's just a different environment you was, like, you yeah. appreciate it once you get booked you were like oh i gotta mm. get my shit together okay yeah. this is totally different and it makes you appreciate the art too because you get to work with hairlines and start seeing how clubs are run you be like oh yeah i think it's all fun again it's business yeah that's what it comes into the business part so i didn't get the aspects i was just like i'm a comedian i'm funny funny people pay me to be funny okay they're still like oh i can be paid more Oh, that could be taken seriously. It's just like, oh, get your shit together, sir. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. At the point, one point, my first year, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I really didn't. I love comedy, but I didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I knew I was gonna be on stage. I was getting booked. I was, I was getting booked places I shouldn't have been booked. Doing time I shouldn't. I headlined at a show that I definitely, definitely shouldn't have headlined. I had ten minutes. I had five minutes worth of material. I was up there for forty-five minutes. Yeah. I drowned. I did good for 10, 15 minutes. Drown, drown. Five more minutes, drown. Yeah. Y'all have a good night. It was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. They were like, you did okay. I'm like, nah, I should never did that again. But uh. that's so honest of you to say. And that's what I also like about you too. Like, you're definitely somebody who's trying to hone their craft and hustle, but you're also like a good person. Like, you're I, nice I, to people. I try to be. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be. I'm an asshole at heart, but I try to be. You know, energy, <laughs> energy. You got you good to people that's good to you. Yeah. I'm an asshole in real life, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, just watch out. Yeah, again. just don't be an asshole towards me. We'll be okay. Well, that's how I am, too. Like, you know me. I'm a relatively nice person. You're a person. good person. I have never had a bad vibe from you ever, Molly. Oh, well, I, well, see, but I feel like you and I, like I said, we connected, right. like, the moment we met. Like, I was, you were like, I'm Tommy. I'm Molly. We're going to be friends. This guy, <laughs> apparently, on a dating app said it, too. So, obviously. He's destined this. He preordained this. You need yeah. to go meet Tommy. Y'all should be friends. <laughs> He's like, you all should be, you know. But only, I only. Only, like for me to like have a problem with somebody normally means that they've like hurt me in a way or done something. I hurt somebody. I, or I hurt love. somebody you yeah, care about. Yeah, that's so, way that's which I think is fair. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? You kind of got it coming to you at this point. So I get that. But uh, you've, like I said, you've been really not to use the word hustle, but you have been hustling. You've been doing a lot of stuff. Um, one of them is that you have been a writer for a web series called oh, yeah. Co-Parents on I'm YouTube. I'm a co-writer. I had to get my boy, Beam, uh, Derek Williams. He's the co-writer. Oh, I, sorry. I'm, I'm the ideas. <laughs> I have the ideas. He actually is the writer. Gotcha. Now, I got the ideas that came up. We came up with this together, though. But he's the actual writer. I just get the actors and the scenes and all together. That's I'm the wonderful. Eyes. Yeah. I mean, I know I watched TV as a kid. I grew up watching TV. That's my thing. I got set in front of the TV and sat outside. So I watched TV to the point where I like, I want to be on TV. But I wanted to be a rapper. So the whole acting thing never, I want to be a rapper actor. So comedy never crossed my mind. I loved comedy as a kid. I just sneak in my parents' room and watch Dev Comedy Gym under their bed every night. Every time it came on. But I never was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian. Because I got what they was doing, but it's, I want to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to sell drugs a little bit, then be a rapper. But I got to sell the drugs first, then be a rapper. And it was like some goofy shit growing up. And I realized, this is none, not for me. None of this. Yeah. When you realize you're bad at crime, it kind of hurts. It's like, I keep getting arrested, man. 
This ain't my job. This sucks. And I even had the tattoos at that point. So it was like, all right, let me just start back rapping. I started working and rapping. And ain't never really went no word. Then I got on stage and it was like, this is what the fuck I supposed to have been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. And it clicked like, oh, so I am funny. I can use my personality besides hustling people. Yeah. <laughs> So I do be hustling, but just I don't hustle people no more. Right. I hustle like, jokes. I don't hustle people. I just no hustle some jokes. Yeah, I don't hustle people anymore. You know, just jokes. Some of them are jokes. Some of them are my life, which is actually a joke. Real life. I was talking to Richie James about that. Like he was talking about writing. I'm like, your real life is the joke, man. Like we got material that comes out the ass. I don't never have a problem. That's why I understand joke these. I got too much material. I can't even flush the shit out yet. Yeah. It just it don't make sense. Real comedy comes from heartbreak and reality. Mm-hmm. Kids, I got. I don't even tell most of the kid jokes. I need to, but it's like I got to. It'll get there. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to. It's like, I don't want to embarrass them, but they get on my goddamn nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of comedians make fun of their kids. So yeah, okay. I know. I don't. I make fun of them from in front of them, but it's like I'm trying to get it to a point where it's, it's not as crazy. Cause I, I real life stories sound kind of messed up when you first say it out loud. But like somebody on car DFS on me. That sounded bad. So like I just left my kids in the car. Just, Outside for two hours. They don't know that for two minutes, but it felt like two hours. Two hours. Oh, yeah. That's ex- it's lots of correct response as a parent if you leave somebody in a car for two minutes at your child and you're like, it felt like two hours. Right. You're clear, so that's okay. I, I, I but understand. But no, it's just like, you know, kids do things, you don't want to just go deep into it. But I'm going to go deep into my material because I, I, I do realize I stay surface sometimes. I'll be, you don't want to get too deep mm-hmm. sometimes, but you have to. You're a comedy, you got to get really deep. Yeah. I got a joke about depression. It's not a really a joke, but it's, it's really about depression. But it's funny because of the things I went through, because if, if you're really a depressed, you have a lot of funny things to have, but you just don't say it out loud. But like, if somebody really seen me like this right now, they will think something's wrong with me. <laughs> like you just sitting in the room butt naked crying. Why are you butt naked crying? I don't know. It just comes out of nowhere, it's okay? Out of nowhere. I, was <laughs> I was happy 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, how can I make this funny? <laughs> and it sneaks up on you and you're like, but that sometimes you're right, inspires certain material and you're like, oh, and especially now in these times where depression is probably at a, at like, a height, a height people will probably relate more than ever. Like I remember my sister once was like, well, I think I'm going to go see a therapist and I don't want people Best thing should be to know. Doing. And I was like, um, I feel like everybody now is seeing a therapist. In fact, I read a New York Times article that they're like, mental health right now is so overwhelmed mm. that they're not getting like calls back so i was like if you can afford it and your insurance covers it i mean do it you know or if you find a place that offers it i'm i'm definitely on board for that but that's what i kind of love about your material too and what i love about all comedians that do this when they take something that could be super tragic or right. sad and turn it into something funny and i feel like the audience at least, in my yeah. opinion, receives it pretty well. Do yeah. you feel the same way? Uh, sometimes it sometimes. depends on the crowd. Sometimes it's like, it's okay, I like depression. Who the fuck depressed? We can't hurt a laugh. I don't worry about your goddamn problems, so you got to throw a little flur into it. So that's what, kind of like comedy, you have to make some things that's not comfortable talking about funny. Yes. And that's the fun part about it, though, because I like to see some people squirm a little bit, then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Yeah. Because it's funny. It's like, because you're going to think about it. you like, all right, like, well, I talk about, uh, I got gay joke about my cousin. It's funny because it's reality. It touched people. Like I had a show what last Saturday, and it touched a couple people's nerves. It was like, but it's the truth though. I have a gay cousin, and she laughed at this because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of lesbians that got pregnant during this pandemic, and she was like, "That ain't funny." I'm like, but it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, but people do things they don't normally do against them in the uh, pandemic, and it was a joke because it was like, damn. It's funny, it's real it's reality, but some people ain't gonna find it funny. Yeah. But you well got, that happens with material, you know. <laughs> but 
that's the point of it, though. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care about that part, but you don't want to be malicious with your material. Yeah. I learned that the hard way, like, in the crowd, doing too much crowd work and kill a whole Oh, yeah. You have to, and I feel like people I've seen do crowd work really have an art to it. Like, there yes. are, excuse me, there are some comedians who I've seen that really David know Till. how to have the whole, excuse me, whew, a little, a little too much more here. Um, <laughs> They have the whole like 45 minutes to an hour that they do and it's like mostly of crowd work. Right. But because, I mean, they've been doing it for so long, they've probably been all over the country doing it. They know triggers, the they know what's gonna pick people with emotions. That's, that's actually a craft. You gotta read people. Under. Oh, yeah. same. That's why I don't do a ton. Like sometimes if like you feel like you have a connection, but I feel like I'm still too early in my comedy. You would see the connection yeah. in that person's eyes. It's, it'd be immediately, you'd be like, yeah. doo, doo, uh. We, we got something here. We got if you it. don't see it, you be like, oh, oh yeah. so next joke. Hmm. <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> but I feel you. But I, uh, that's what I was going to say, too. With these experiences, do you and, was it Daryl? Uh, what was his for the name? The writer of the show. Oh, or, Derek, Derek. Derek, excuse me. Sorry, Derek. I'm like, yeah, Daryl, Derek. Yeah, Darryl, oh, you my God. Up, <laughs> my co-writer, yes. Yes. Do you guys kind of use those experiences that you have and put that into the show? The co is actually based on my actual life. It just tweaks here and there. My actual kids was in the show. Uh, it was about me and my situation with my baby mama. It's basically a real storyline. I just added embellishments to make it more funny and, and take some of the real reality out of it so she wouldn't get so mad at me. Because <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's my life, but everybody in my brother, my sisters, I got actually two sisters, only got one in the show, but it was just basically based on my life and like being a co-parent. It's, mm-hmm. it's well, I, I wanna say this, we don't have a show for black male parents. Just, just a black male's a parent by itself. It ain't no show for that. So I, I wanted to create that type of thing. And it kind of got like, different scenarios between different black families as a father, like the young one, the old one, the goofy one, the deadbeat, it's just all different spectrum. The second season is supposed to be about different spectrum, like I want to have a Hispanic uh, father, or white. I want to do all the male perspective. But it never went that far, so I'm kind of changing it around a little bit. But we're coming back with a season two, is just going to be something a little different. It's going to be yeah. from the male perspective, like dating in our 30s and being a father. That's totally different. I just want to show for a father, so we get like, we, don't, we get neglected, I feel. Yeah, I haven't, I, you know, actually when you mention it, I don't think I've ever seen a show about that. I'll be honest with you. I know I somebody probably going to steal my idea, but I'm going to record it first, bastard. Sorry, I'll be like, if uh, you could just tune into OnlyFans, <laughs> Casually Molly, you're going to see this episode then. It's going to be great. We're showing skin. Yeah, we're just showing this. A little skin. Yeah, just a little bit. we got to get in this game, okay? <laughs> but I, what, what's it been like kind of producing something like that and now, putting it together? And that was, that was, if I didn't have my sister around, it would have been hell. Like, my sister literally helped with all that. She did all the editing. I learned watching her a little bit, but mostly I'm with the phone. The computer's not my jam. I'm not, I'm not computer literate at all. But her and everybody, I bought a couple of cameras. Well, she bought one, I had one. It was just, it was a good experience. Like, we got, I learned how to film things. I learned about sound or lighting, because a lot of sound and light on that show was trash. I, it was a big learning experience for me. It made me want to do more. Now we got like now we got two movies you just wrote. We're working on another web series, and we got the cartoon. It just it helps re- create more things. And when you see you actually got something accomplished, like those episodes, it only like 12, 15 minute episodes, but it took like hours to get all that together. Days actually. Yeah. Then the shooting scenes. It made me prepare for like to want to do more movies and stuff like that. Web series. I got bigger ideas. It's just time consuming, and it's. It's worth it. At the same time, it's stressful. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's so crazy about filming. And even with, like, theater is that, you know, when you're looking at something like 
a screen like some like um I was just watching La La Land, okay? And mm-hmm. I, I say this because having a theater background, there's a lot of dancing and stuff <laughs> like that in it. And I related to that being in musical theater and you know, you're doing these tap numbers and you rehearse the number for hours on end. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you wanna make sure that especially with tap numbers too. I mean, this is with every number, I shouldn't say that, but I'm thinking of my tap days in musical theater. You know, everybody's leg has to match and everybody's arm. And especially when you have a stage full of people, if one person stands out from the other, you're like, no, like it doesn't matter how you like look necessarily. It's really just about your movements. Like, yeah, if you like, for those of you who aren't even in theater, if you think of the Super Bowl, even if you're not a fan of the weekend, (laughs) having all those people out there, all those moving parts, that's a lot to keep together. It was like that choreography alone, I'm sure was a lot or like even previously like Beyonce with all of her dancers at Coachella, please, you have no idea. But why (laughs) I say that is it's like, you know what, you have five minutes of a dance number in La La Land. I'm sure that took hours to yeah. film. You have LA in the back. I don't know if they had like um, like a certain like sound stage they were using or if they were actually, I don't know the whole background of it, but I understand what you mean because it is such a learning experience yeah. of like lighting and sound and I'm- Oh, that made me want to get a whole team of people. I don't want to do that ever again. I just want to act. Yeah. <laughs> just let me act and write and produce. I don't want to do all the editing. It's difficult. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it makes you appreciate the people you're working with. It'd be like, oh, so that's what you have to do. That's why you, that's why you, I respect, I respect prices now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I see why you want so much. This is a headache. This is, I see why you went to school for this. This is, this don't take, it's not overnight. So yeah. I, I respect the craft for that too. But it makes you want, it makes me want to do more. Like I said, we got two movies working on. And so what are the movies about? Uh, the first one is uh, My Cousin Phil. Uh, it's produced by me and uh, Philip Cornell. Oh, Phil Cornell, yeah. he's been on here, yeah. Even Phil Beebe here, you bastard Phil. <laughs> but not, uh, he hasn't but, been in the studio, yeah. though. But he, back in the day when I first started, he was on it, and he was yeah. very kind to be yeah. on. So. Phil, my dude, man, very good dude, talented. He, he, he's the writer. It, it pretty much, I'm, I have ideas, and people help me flush them out. Which is a real life. Like, <laughs> right. you do have people who are, like, they give a good basis or a premise, right. and then that's why you have writers to make right. sure that that gets Because he's seen what I was going with. He said, I see where you're going with, but do with this. I'm like, oh, okay. And he sent me a whole, I sent him an idea. He sent me, like, a whole different script. I'm like, all right. Well, do this, and I sent him that. He sent it back. I'm like, all right. Well, shit, you didn't wrote the rest of the movie without me, sucker. Well, add this part and this, and then we done. Shit. But basically about a uh, uh, cousin who gets in trouble, um, uh, I don't, he finds some money and he, sh- and he steals it. Basically, ends up going to his cousin's house out in the far out in the county to hide out, and he brings all the drama and bullshit with him, including his girlfriend. Uh, he has a parties in the middle of COVID, so we gonna pretty much. I want to do something to. Yeah, we want to. It's actually That's good. with masks. It was like I keep saying things without masks. I'm like, yeah, I do know we're in the middle of a pandemic. Why are we not even watching this on TV? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to see the reality, so I'm like, I want to do something with that. So basically, it got, we got Tenario in there. Uh, who else? Roderick Lyles. Uh, it's a couple. I'm, I'm forgetting right now. I gotta look at that long list of people on there. But we got that, and we got straight to it. That's a movie about. It's uh, produced by Brandon Taylor, mm-hmm. me, Philip Cornell. Um, I forgot. I don't want to get That's too. That's what well, you, sometimes <laughs> with production and stuff, especially when something is starting out, you can't always like. I'm, I'm trying to give you too much and tell you what the whole premise. But we got two movies. Goddamn it, shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's, I feel like a lot of podcasts I'm listening to, comedy takes up a lot of time, right? Like it's very time consuming, especially if you're a road comic and you're going out on the road. So I feel like even though I do miss that community aspect of like, yeah. see, even going to see people at mics, I'm, I miss being like, hey, Tommy, like, how are you doing? What's happening? Like, I have to schedule an appointment for you to come on my podcast. You know? <laughs> it's the camaraderie at the comedy club or at the mics. I get exactly. that. Exactly. You miss that part. But it's now given the time for people to work on that screenplay, yeah. write that pilot, right. make something. And now you have What's Up Dog, yep. the cartoon, yep. which yep. I am so impressed as like a ton of subscribers on YouTube. Yep. And That's the produced quality, by Nick Pyatt and Tenario Brown. It's the pilot, or the pilot. <laughs> the, <laughs> the product, the cartoon looks like something. It's St. Louis based. Mm -hmm. We're not even in like LA, New York, wherever, right. but Chicago. But what's really cool about it is that the quality of it, like it looks like a cartoon that I would watch on Adult Swim right. or Netflix. And that's all due to Nicholas Pyatt. Like like literally, when he when he started producing, we oh, had, Nicholas. right, <laughs> Tenario had the idea and it was like, we got to idea so we start recording it was like and you know how somebody asks you to do something you're like okay all right then you start seeing the actual work put into it so when nick gave us like the little it was probably like a minute clip it was like holy shit we actually got a cartoon oh i keep writing on this and tenero kept going i got an idea to record this i got an idea next we know we got a whole full episode and it mm -hmm. was like holy shit this is an actual cartoon full of st louis co comedians uh and a couple of actors that's not comedians what for those who maybe haven't watched it what is the premise of it it's basically the first season was like pretty much a spoof of all old, old classic hood movies like um friday uh men's society don't be a menace and pretty much look a little dark humor with dogs <laughs> it was yeah just, it was just it was actually like a test idea i think scenario had and just and it was so good it was like we got something on so let's add to it let's keep going with the storyline and he keep adding to it and keep adding to the storyline I think y'all really like the second season because it's more thought out and it's the production way better. Nicholas and got Nick and got great with this production. It looks is way he better. a cartoonist or he's he a comic? Just... He's okay. turned to seven to a cartoonist. Okay, <laughs> he's a jack of all trades. He's in a, a, a metal band. Um, he does everything. He does literally everything. I don't want to put too much of his business at that, but he does everything. He grows stuff. We'll just have to have him on, and then I <laughs> right. will ask all the yes, professional he would, questions. Yes, he would tell you everything. <laughs> the guy's a genius. Like literally, he did the audio. Um, he has on uh, Monster LLC. I looked it up on TikTok. A lot of our social, a lot of our, uh, following came from TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok, like social, like this, this the time frame right now that gave me to focus on my social media. Like I couldn't do nothing outside, so I started hitting social media even harder. And that's what everybody had to do. In this era right now, social media runs everything. Yeah. If you got a decent social media account, I don't watch a person who was doing feature sets become a headliner. Because he had, he had the material, he did the time, but nobody knew who he was. His social media picked up, he looked up, he had 1.3 million followers. Now comedy clubs in the middle of a pandemic like, you want a hairline? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he took that transition, now he's making more money and chilling. It was like, damn, let me get my ass on social media more. So I'm already on social media, but it was like, more yeah. I got to produce more quality content, or at least some people want to see constantly, some ideas. Yeah. It's, well, that's the thing I was watching, as I've been watching a lot of documentaries, obviously, during this time, and it's just something I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of documentaries talk about, like, producing content. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, that's kind of what I wanted to have you on, too, to talk about. You've been producing a lot. Like, I look at mm -hmm. your Instagram. You've got TikTok videos. You're making shorts. You're doing all this writing. You're producing this cartoon. Um, do you feel like that's kind of given you, like, a... I guess, like, do you feel like the pressure of creating more content, or is it just something that you feel like's given you kind of a leg up into 
enjoying what you love more? Do you feel kind of like it's a balance of both? It's a little balance of both. Cause mm -hmm. It, it kind of keeps me like when I don't, it helped me, the videos, it helped me with my stand-up too. Because me seeing the videos to see my mannerism, I'm like, oh, I can use this on stage. Or, oh, that's a good joke. Like the videos, I just don't think about it too. Oh, people overthink the videos. If you're just going to do a video, just be yourself. Yeah. People want to see, honestly, they want to see your be yourself or how you really think. That's all True. it is. Now, mm -hmm. uh, now, you might not think the same way every day. Just give them a portion of your thoughts. Don't give them everything. You, that's impossible. Or you'll be on social media literally forever. Yeah. <laughs> just give them small clips. That's all people want to do. They want to see a glimpse to your life. It's just a small part of your life. That's it. Mm -hmm. I got a million ideas. My brain is all over the place. You watch my, my social media, I'm a little bit all over the place. So it helps with that. And then the videos, things I can't use on stage, I put in the video. Mm -hmm. It helps with that. Just being creative. Always trying to be creative because that helps your content. It helps your structure certain times and it helps with your confidence yeah like you was i didn't met so many people on social media just from seeing videos like damn how do you start following me you're in the uk yeah you start showing your content you start getting fans like on TikTok. it was that showed me to realize that strangers are your best support system yeah that's I, it that, that people is, that don't know you people that don't know you like that come out of <laughs> like the guy who said we should be friends <laughs> <laughs> like it just it keeps coming back to this guy on my dating app but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I it's look, proof that it, it works. <laughs> it's proof that it works. And then now, look, here we are. We're in this lovely studio at Midcoast. Okay, and like, well, my name was popping up down there. Yeah, I'm in rich shit. This yeah. is rich shit here. <laughs> yeah, I ain't no shit. I'm doing rich shit here. Oh, I love it, though. I love it. Well, you know, it's just like radio. See, it popped up again. You know, popped up again. <laughs> Tommy Dangerfield TV. Just added uh, to that content. Add to that, that. Uh, added to the content. I, um, what was I going to say? There was something, though. Oh, but so you were talking about your kids. Uh, yeah. Do they kind of, um, do they Ugh. know anything about you doing stand-up at all? Oh, yeah, my kids support me. It's, it's sad. My, my kids are my biggest supporters for real. My son, he, he loved, he loved it. He wants to be around all the time. Like, and when the Laugh Lounge first opened up, I had, got booked to do a, I was opening up for uh, Mario Tori. It was one of my biggest nights. I was like, I'm geeked up. I couldn't get a babysitter. And uh dude that was working at the time, he said, you can bring him in the back green room. I'm like, it's a green room? We got a green room with the lab lines. They're like, yeah, just go have it. They go with their chill. So my kids go in the green room. My son see me on stage. He's like, Daddy, I sent you on stage. They was laughing. They having a good time. They be like, you proud of me, son? He's like, that's good. I'm like, I'm going to do this shit forever. God damn it. I made my son proud. And he was like, all right, cool. So now, it's a couple years later, we had the open mic. He, he want to hang out now because it was like, on the I open mic. It's a restaurant. Then on the other side, we got the mic. So he yes. want to still. I'm like, nah, you ain't finna do that. No, we're not finna do this. I mean, I got to be here all night. So. My, my daughter, she love it too, but she's less vocal because she don't like me being out there long. So how long are you going to be gone? <laughs> Do you have to leave? Okay, so can we have something that she try to bribe her way? So can you buy me something? Then I won't be mad. Like, we won't be mad no way. He don't care. My son, he's my biggest supporter. He, he literally, he, he loves it. He wants to, I think he wants to be a comic because all the comedians that see my son, me and my son, he's, they, they find him hilarious because he's always joining on people. Literally, he gets into a grand nun and Richie all, all the time. <laughs> it's just back and forth. I'm like, y'all the same age? Right. He's 13, right. 14. <laughs> Finna be 14, brother. But yeah, I, I, my kids are my world, man. They're the reason I even do this. So. Oh, but see, that's what I, you know, and that's what I kind of hope to be because I think someday I will be a mom. And You'll I be think, a dope mom. you know, oh, thank you. Oh, gee, you <laughs> that's cool. But that's what I kind of hope to do because I think there's always, not necessarily, I don't think stigma is the right word, but a lot of people are like, 
if you become a parent, like how are you going to be able to balance like comedy and theater and podcasting and all these endeavors? And I remember seeing my mom as a kid, like my mom went and got a master's even before I was born. But then like, even though she ended up staying at home later on, just because it worked because my dad had to do he ended up working in Florida. My whole life is just crazy, but my dad was working in Florida. So it's just like my mom, my sister and I, you know, while my dad was going back and forth, like trying to make money because in the clothing business, you got to like travel over the country. It was just the way that it was, you know? And, but my mom would always be doing all these things and like working on the house. Like she filled in where my dad necessarily couldn't at home. So it was like being two parents at once. And then, you know, my dad would be off doing whatever. And it's uh, whatever, meaning working. Watching her, you had somebody to watch and it made you work ethic. Well, that's why I was like, oh, you know, my mom is just like painting this, you know, my mom's like, oh, the laundry room needs to be painted. I'll figure it out. Or like, this needs some handiwork on it. I'll do it. Like, I was like, oh, that's like, that's exactly what I want a kid to see is how your son probably feels. It's like, even if my kid doesn't want to do comedy and stuff, if they want to do, honestly, if my kid could just be a doctor, <laughs> that would just be great. That'd be great. I was like, somebody can take care of me when I'm old. But I, um, I, I, la- I mean, obviously, I wouldn't care. I would just want my kid to be happy. But that's what I would do too. Is like, even when you can't, your son's gonna look back. Like, you know, you couldn't get him a sitter or anything. Your son's gonna look back on that time and be like, oh man, I'm kind of glad. Yeah, he they you know? they enjoy it. Every time I go out, they get to hang out with me and it's. That kind of environment, they love it. Like I had, I had an outside shows like for a block event. They was having fun. I'm like, they like, they like seeing me on the microphone. I'm like, yeah. people like you. They find you. My daughter always cracking the joke. I don't know how people find you funny. You just as funny as me, daddy. I'm like, I'm honestly not as funny as her. She's <laughs> brutally honest. It'd be sometimes she hurt my feelings. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm raising little animals here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids are so honest though. Like that's yeah. always the best part. I had. Um, there was a kid that saw me once. It was not even a kid that was related to me, but I was doing a <laughs> clean show, just like, you know, like comedy outdoors or whatever in uh, Cincinnati. And this kid was just like, you, I don't know about you or something. <laughs> I just was like, what? I didn't even believe like You don't it. even know me. It was just like, and his mom goes, I'm so sorry. He's just like, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that. Like, it was so, I don't even it know. It really honestly, you'd be like, what the, f- who are you, child? Right. It was like the weirdest. Where was it? It was like some. It was random a cute kid, wasn't it? It's always a cute kid to get away with stuff like that. Other yeah. kids don't get away with that. We and it wasn't like he away. even said it mean. He just went, you know, I don't know what I thought or something. <laughs> I just was like, what is happening? Is it was like one of these closed things, but like people could still walk by. We'll talk about it later. But long story <laughs> short, this kid was like, I don't know. I um and then when I was a nanny, they used to come see my plays, and it was really cute because. Lila, the young girl, I mean, she, they're all grown up now, but when she was younger, she was like, oh, I loved it. It was so great. And then her older brother, Sawyer, was like, I've seen better plays. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Little> shit. <laughs> I got a bad habit of talking to honest kids, too. I got to learn how to, that's why I want to, I'm working on being a cleaner comic because it's hard for me because it's like, I just refuse. Yeah. To try to, it feels like it's like not being authentic on stage. It's like, I talk. I curse in conversation. It's not like I'm trying to, it's just sometimes I might say bitch. I, I don't know why I just do these things. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be on stage and be sometimes like, I, and a B word should have been right there. I should have said it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to work on that. And that's a, that's a part of the craft. Like I said, when I respect, when I watch um, um, Mark Gregory, uh, Dick Gregory's nephew, he did an entire weekend, mm-hmm. like one 
curse word. Not even yeah. hell, nothing like and he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was like, holy shit, I suck. <laughs> yeah. I suck. I can't do this without cursing. It was like that was watching a master up there. It was like, okay, this really is an art. So when you master that, you really are a great comedian. Like, I'm just okay right now. I'm working on that part. But you know, that that comes with time too, because I feel like when you first go in um, not for everybody, but I feel like, like that's what I was telling you earlier. For me, I dropped fuck a ton right. and I didn't even mean to. It was just because of like my life experience and like not really having the most professional jobs because I was in theater and a lot, not that theater isn't professional, but you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, 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 right. I was never in the corporate world. Like I was like, what the fuck? Like this. So when I first, <laughs> honestly, when I first started working at, I used to work at a hotel that actually helped me get cleaner comedy because at the hotel I had a practice because I couldn't say fuck in the middle of a lobby. But mm. then my boss would be like, Hey, like, we love you, but like, don't just yell out, you, you know, Jack, you like somebody. Fuck. And I'd be like, Oh, and you know, you don't even think of it until somebody says something. And then I'm like, Oh, well then you get, <laughs> like, you get booked more when you have clean comedy. And that's, like, what, that's what kept striking. It was like, I can't get in these places. I'm not clean. They can't book me for these shows. You just have to. Well, and like, that's a thing you can do too. Like sometimes with late shows, I'll drop a couple of bucks just right. to be like, oh, you know, like he doesn't want me to fuck up his life. Right. <laughs> Something like, you know, like. The and the cuss words know. are not needed. It just, yeah. I just like in the back of my, it's the back of my head thing. Yeah. I, I didn't did a show. It was like, I cursed twice on stage. Why in the fuck I can't do it every show? It was like, I didn't need to curse it just in the moment. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to say fuck. Yeah, sometimes it just sounds, sometimes. it feels there's a have you watched the history of curse words on Netflix at all? No, no, I do want to watch it now. Oh, my God. It's like actually really insightful about the history of the word. And there's all like Nikki Glazers on it and all this. But it's like, um, that's dope. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really Nicolas Cage hosts it, which is even funnier because it's Nicolas Cage. Right. That's my but, dude right there. My favorite actors. Oh, yeah. We'll see. And he's like, it is like the way it's like the, the way it's produced is really funny like he goes into this uh for those of you who haven't seen it and meaning tommy there's <laughs> like right, uh, possibly asshole. rick in the booth we don't know but the uh he like goes and it's like in a fireplace and you know how he is that very like storytelling kind mm-hmm. of like voice anyway as an actor like many actors do and it goes into all of these comedians like sarah silverman okay. um and they all talk about like why they use the word fuck or why they use the word pussy or like how they it didn't have uh, samuel yeah. jackson in there so i have i don't know i've only watched a couple okay of them. i gotta have samuel jackson with the go, go the fuck to <laughs> Man, sleep got to have fuck that samuel is the jackson. best story with the little <laughs> little kid books and he's like just go the fuck because every parent feels that yeah. way oh, just add that before. Just, we, we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't see it to their face we whispered it a little bit we ain't say fuck you go to sleep into their face we just thought it in mm-hmm. our heads because we don't do that as parents yeah just like, <laughs> he's like, um. No, but I, when we did see that it was funny I was like we have all been especially with a newborn oh, a newborn that won't go to sleep I remember oh, yeah. Jordan must oh my god oh, oh. Oh, Jesus Christ I love my son but I remember Falling asleep with him before. They got pictures of him falling asleep doing this. Yeah. And almost falling out. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, you all right? Yeah. My mom told me once she was so pissed at me. It was so, like, this is like, when you get raised by an Italian mom who's from Queens, you're just like, you learn everything. Like, there's no filter with my mom. She just tells you exactly how she feels when she feels it. But she was like, oh, I was so pissed at you one night when you were a newborn. And I thought it was going to be like, because I was like crying or something, <laughs> which also probably happened. Yeah, it definitely pissed off. But uh, what happened was my mom was trying to hum to me and rather than me 
going to sleep. Apparently, I just hummed back. I was like, mm -hmm. I like <laughs> this tune. Let's keep it going. Yeah. My mom was like, you just wanted to start up some harmony, and I didn't want to be in the band. I didn't need this. Like, why did you do this to me? Like, I just wanted I, to go to sleep, and you, you took it too far. Yeah. I apparently was just, like, humming along, hence I was a theater major. But, <laughs> I, um, but I will. So that's hilarious, though. I love that your son is, like, into it. I, I think it's funny that your daughter's just, like, Come back home. Like, yeah, she don't really care. My other daughter, she she don't really get to, to care either. I think she's gonna be an actress though. I honestly believe she's gonna be an actress. She's hey. always acting. I've mm -hmm. always seen her acting and playing the mirror, just like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Like, no. oh, just I see what you're doing. You practicing your next time to ask me for something or do something bad. Like, I'm just gonna cry like this. Hmm. <laughs> when I seen her practicing crying, I'm like, oh, you gonna be a motherfucker. <laughs> you can't be trusted. <laughs> Practicing crying already? Jesus Christ, she's three. She'll be like, oh, you know, the next Meryl Streep over here. There you know. I, I'm pretty sure she would be one of the best actresses in history. I, I'm guaranteeing it right I'm now. I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> Carrie Washington, watch out. Okay? Man, definitely, because she's practicing at three, crying in the mirror. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. You were practicing? Oh, shit. <laughs> Anytime you cry, I'm just looking at you. Mm -hmm, I don't know if it's real. Oh, that's really cute. Give me more tears. I need three more tears, and I believe you. Speaking of tears, actually, so we talked about the sweat and tears of comedy. Was there a time in, I mean, we were talking about learning a lot, like cussing, getting booked, you know, clubs and things like that. But was there a time in comedy, it could be a good experience, it could be something that was like kind of a stumble where you felt like you had a good learning experience from it that made you a better comedian? Oh, the first time I bombed. Because I had been on stage probably like 15, 16 times. And I was always doing decent. I did really good because I was drunk. So every night felt good to me. So I don't know. If, mm. <laughs> everybody like, you was funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably good. But the first time I bombed, it was a real-life eye-opening experience. It felt like I was in a, a, a title fight. Mm -hmm. And I was getting the shit kicked out of me, and I could see my corner saying, "Pull out!" <laughs> it was Brandon Taylor at the time. He was the first time. He was like, he's like sitting there looking like, "Get off stage! Like stop!" And I'm just going further and further, just sinking to somebody's mama in the crowd saying something. I started joining on her, and then it went really left. Then was like, now you talk about somebody's mother. It's like she started talking to me first. <laughs> And I didn't mean to disrespect her. I just told her to set her old ass down, and it just was bad. So. Yeah. And I realized, Bomber, you have to, if you're going to do a show, make sure it's a comedy show. It's com comedians. If it's not a comedy show, don't go in there expecting them to be there for a comedy show. Mm -hmm. I was like a, a rap event. And they just want me to be there to tell jokes between a contest, which made no sense. But I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. I was new, so I wanted to get stage time. And it was just a bad thing. Only comics only do comedy shows. Don't do events that's not catered to comedy because people don't want to see you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I learned that the hard way, and they didn't give a fuck about it. Not one joke I had to tell. Nothing. They ain't care about my day. Nothing. I was just drowning. I'm like, <laughs> so how's your hot day then? So, anybody want some juice? Anybody want some juice? Terrible. It was. Those I cried in the car a little bit. Yeah, because it's like. Well, <laughs> Not literally, but I wanted to, I was mad. You are so dedicated to this craft of comedy. And then when you do something, like I've done comedy at a wedding before. That had to suck too. Yeah. It was like an interesting experience. It was my friend's wedding. And the thing is, like, everybody, I knew a ton of people in there because mm. it was people I went to high school with and their parents and all this stuff. Mm. And then I also was the MC for it. So I was like, coming down on, <laughs> uh, we've got this bridesmaid and this. And I also had 
her other the other the groom side was from Denmark so there was all these different names and I was like oh I hope I'm getting this correct but okay. I had like I only did and it was when I was first doing comedy too and Katie has been so supportive of like everything from when my plays in high school like my comedy stuff she saw other plays I produced after college like she was great and I did like five minutes but it, what made it work was that sometimes it's and I've seen other comedians who come here do this too and I'm sure all over the country but I did a lot of Cincinnati jokes because I was from there mm. I grew up there I knew that all these a lot of these people were kind of like here like born and raised St. Louis born mm. and raised Cincinnati Ohio so that's what like kind of helped it a little bit but when I started doing other material like things that I would do in a club or it just wasn't hidden. hidden. Yeah, People yeah, were yeah. like, we're like a little drunk and we've had some champagne. Like I need not like, I only say like drunk on love that we saw at the wedding. <laughs> Later on, I can't speak for, but you know what I mean? Like people, like we had a wedding, we were just having observes and like saw this stuff. So it was just a bit, it's a different, it's just a different animal right. in itself. How have you felt about like Zoom shows though? Have you done any of those? I couldn't or? get into it. I watched mm-hmm. one, it was like, I. I I need energy. I'm come. I'm not afraid to say that. I like to hear the crowd and actually in real time. So when I seen that and that laugh was off, I'm like, ooh. I just stick to doing videos. <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm gonna practice my stand up, I'll shoot a video out there, see what certain jokes people like, and then keep that to myself and then add it to other jokes or something like that. Or hit an open mic that I feel safe going to. That whole Zoom show, it just I need the crowd. I got to hear the crowd. I watched it. It was like. I don't watch somebody kill on the Zoom, but it's like you could hear the crowd till like seconds later. But <laughs> I'm like, so damn, where are he gonna get to the next joke? So it's kind of throwing you off too. So you like, oh, now they laughing, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, and it's, the timing was off because it's comedy about timing. So if I can't hear you laughing after I made you laugh, I'm confused with what the fuck I'm at in my set. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, then that's when you got to be robotic and like, I'm just telling jokes now. I'm just telling jokes. And I, that threw me off. I couldn't do it. It's it's a different medium <coughs> for sure. Like that's why podcasting has been good for me during all of this for because just because, you know, people watch podcasts on right. YouTube. People listen to them on audio. I listen on YouTube. That's crazy shit ever. <laughs> yeah, or some I've had that too, where I have seen people like put their phones up like this and then they just like they have it's I've done it too, because I do this when you're like by yourself at your desk mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I do it with the two funny mamas with Sherry right, Shepard. Right, right. I have their YouTube up, so I'll like kind of laugh. I'm like, oh, Sherry, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're best friends or something. But then, you know, you have the earphones in. So that way, if I have to print off paperwork or do something for a lease or whatever, but I still have the stuff going on. So that's not too foreign. I do find, though, I've made some good connections through Zoom shows from mm-hmm. people maybe I wouldn't have met. Right now, I, I, you know, I believe that. I definitely believe like that. Like, I've gotten podcast guests out of it where I'm like, hey, you were really funny over Zoom. So yeah. would you be do the same way? I said, not necessarily a set, but would you right. be this way as a guest? <laughs> I kind of talk to you and it's worth talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, you, you just kind of feel that energy. It doesn't happen all the time, but I've had a few people who I have now have a continuous friendship with because right, right. of that. So, right. but I've also heard that too. It, I, I don't do a lot of Zoom shows either just because yeah. it's hard, unless it's a good friend. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Somebody asked me to do it. It was like, eh, like nah, 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 nah. my phone's shitty. I got a terrible phone. I just I made that three excuses. I ain't gonna lie. I'm sorry if you see this. I'm sorry. I, I had a bullshit excuse. I'm sorry. Fuck. 
I didn't want to do it. I know. We're also <laughs> friends, guys. So yeah, well, you know. we good. I love you. I, I do do money. I come out do your regular show. Fuck your Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just gotta do some V mix over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta come out. To I could do it. Like, I could. I like. I would watch. I watched somebody drown on that shit too. So it was like. So you can bomb on a Zoom? Oh, hell no. I don't yeah. want no parts of this. Well, that's even worse because a lot of times what I've found is that like some some showrunners for Zoom shows are like, hey, if you laugh, that's totally fine and you can interrupt it or whatever. But it is weird because you're like, so. Um, and then like if you say something <laughs> that's funny, you're like, am I leaning in too much to laugh mm. about what I said or am I leaning forward? I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's a weird – it's just a weird – vibe, but at the same time, like I said, I've made connections through it, so I just wanted to know how you felt about yeah, it. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get down. I, I was, like I said, I've seen a couple of them that worked, it was like, I just didn't want to do it personally. That was mm -hmm. it. I watched a couple of them, but they were trying to get us to do one, I think a Black Pack one, but it was like, I don't want, y'all could do it. I don't, I, just, I don't personally want to do it. I think Brandon did like three or four of them. He was actually working out, like he was in whole room. I'm like, what, what how, the, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, too. The Black Pack Mike, oh, yeah. speaking of. Every Thursday at the Ofer. Yeah, that was, that's was that been super fun. Um, the Palace, as I oh, yeah. like to call it. The Ofer yeah. Palace. Yes, it's, I feel very regal. <laughs> uh, what? How did that all come about? Like, actually, I don't even know. How did the term Black Pack all come together uh, that uh, made it into a mic now? Mm. Uh, Jason Nelson actually started it. It was something he had brought up in a group text and we asked and then he quit the group text <laughs> <laughs> shout out to jason nelson then uh it basically we was always always together always doing stuff and you just kind of like let's make it official it's pretty much it was and he had the name and he wasn't using it no more like, we gonna use a black pack he's like yeah 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 gonna do it we'll just take it right. <laughs> but no well, he actually a part of black pack whether he want to admit to the not focus on the funny mr sir Black Pack member, him and Marquise Moore, with case they don't want to admit it, they are Black Pack too. But it's basically, it's, it's all just a bunch of comedians that came together, start doing shit yeah. together. That's all. We're doing social media, like skits together, working on movies together, the mic, um, showcases. We did some on last Saturday uh, for uh, Valentine's Day weekend over in uh, Illinois. That was a good show. It was a rough show, but it was a good show. <laughs> it was a yeah. rough show, but it was a good show. But that's all it is. Uh, we're just trying to get together. And do more stuff. Like I've been like when I first started doing, it, I've been trying to get all the communities to get together and do stuff like Chicago, Atlanta, or New York. Everybody just don't work well together. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes that's what you learn too, even in this medium as well for podcasting. Like, like I always make a joke, and I know other people have done it, so this is not my rights <laughs> at all. But I feel like I'm almost becoming a professional podcast guest. Like people are like, "Hey, come on my podcast," or like, I mean, "Be on you, my podcast." <laughs> I, I definitely want you on mine. I'm like, she actually know what the fuck she doing. <laughs> She can help me with structure. Oh, well, that's so sweet. I just think, well, because people are like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I think I'm going to start a podcast just because what the hell else is there to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, sometimes I feel like, like I almost didn't even want to start one because I was like, oh, you know, podcasts can be oversaturated. Like you kind of, but then eventually you kind of find a purpose in it and you see it. And like, at least for me, it's almost like a master class of what other people are doing and right. how they're doing things or like tommy i get to actually sit with you and i was like oh you were a rapper oh you're doing all oh, these yeah. ideas I've like done a lot of oh you've got all this stuff like you've done a lot and then uh, you know <laughs> you talk about you told me about your kids so <laughs> <laughs> so pretty cool like i was about to say what what do you not do oh uh, what i not do i don't play any instruments so <laughs> that's okay <laughs> uh i'll try to do anything that's, uh, that motivates me to do more i like the cartoon thing that just i'm working on a cartoon too it's called warehouse I, that's why I'm, I'm 
all my, mostly my jobs have been in the warehouse because I don't have to talk to people. Yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible, I, I, I talk crazy to people. I couldn't do regular jobs. I realize that's why I'm good at comedy because I can say what I want to say and I can pay for it. So at the warehouse, I ain't got to talk to people. I ain't got to deal with people. So I got a bad mouth. So mm-hmm. I usually say what's on my mind. It's not always a good thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but being working in warehouses, I realized, I was like, ain't no TV show about this. Ain't no really, and a warehouse, if you ever worked in a warehouse, you know it goes down in warehouses. You see a oh. lot of shit. Don't trust your girlfriend or wife if she work at a warehouse or your husband. They're all cheating. So what was that, that guy where he's like, hide your wives, hide your husband. Yeah. It's about to get crazy in here or something. I feel like that's That's how what the warehouse is. is. It, and I worked in a lot of different warehouses. I didn't put too many people business at them, but I never worked in a lot of warehouses. It was like, people are crazy. That's why they work in the warehouses. Don't nobody see the crazy people. That's what they put. They send them to warehouses and post offices. That's where all the crazy people work at. In the back of places, in shipping. <laughs> That's where all the fucking crazy people are. They're aliens. Aliens do exist. They work in shipping. Well, it's, you know, it's hard to see. I work in the front where I have to see people like, you're not all the alien. time. Yeah, but it's still difficult. Like, I think, and that's the issue, is, like, people always expect you just to be on. So oh, somebody yeah. one time was like, you weren't as excited the other day as you usually are. And I was like, I'm tired. Like, I have feelings. I work every day. And then I do all this other stuff at night. Like, I was like, or sometimes, too, because I talk to people all day, if sometimes if like if I'm not podcasting or doing comedy or whatever, like basically I'll just go home right. and I just need to like detox and like watch something. And well, again, it's different with kids. And I understand if I had a child, I would be well, obviously. I close my door on them kids sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I ain't good. Come on. But people are so, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but like people are so weird where they're like, well, like I never hear from you anymore, like this, and I'm like, I am so tired. What is wrong with you? And, yeah, <laughs> I hear, I get that a lot. And some people will say, you don't fuck with me no more. You don't hang out with me no more. Like, right. I do comedy. Like, you want to see me come to where I'm gonna be at for sure. Come to a show. Right, come somewhere. You know I'm gonna be at for sure. You know I'm gonna be at a comedy show. I have to like practice my this. page. Right. <laughs> they, they see you on social media. Say, hey, well, come to my house. I'm asleep right now. If we wanna hang out, come where I'm at right now. Well, especially you have so much for like you're working. You have the warehouse. You have kids. You have, you know, dreams, endeavors, yeah. things. So it's like, I don't have time to hang out with you. Right. If we're going like, to do it, let's do it at a comedy spot where I'm, I'm be it for, that's why, and that's, it, it do strain relationships too. Like, I would thought being in a relationship with a comic, it would be easier, but it's not always easier too. Oh, trust me. Yeah. And I love my, you know, Jim, I yeah, love him, but there are I definitely love Jimmy times too, we but, butt heads yeah. too. But it, that's normal. And I'm not saying that to throw shade, but I get no, it. No, I get you know? it. You're right. It's, it's like, like, oh my goodness. Damn, yeah. like, so who going to watch tonight to perform? Are we both going out? Oh, shit. Uh, who going to watch the kids? Oh, shit. Uh, it's like it's, it's, true. it's and then now I don't have an issue because they we different we separated we're not together but yeah. it's still like damn so who gonna leave and do what yeah like when I was gonna hit this road when yeah. I gotta go so I think I'm gonna take this step and leave first and come back I guess but but we have to, like as comics you gotta get out of our cities a lot of comics get stagnant staying in one spot and I don't want to be that comic I done watched it happen to a lot of good comics they just stay here too long they ain't go out and bitching out but. It's a big world. Yeah. I understand COVID right now Ooh. sucks. <laughs> yeah. COVID has turned everything up with social media. That's where I want to try to get time. In. We're more than com- comedians. Like, you, you do a lot of different shit. I didn't know they did a lot of shit. I didn't know what this is. But you can use that. <laughs> hey. <in> your, right. <laughs> I was saying, talking, we learned about each other. Like, right. we do more than just comedy. So that should, should reflect in everything you do. Like, show the world that you're more than just a comedian. People don't want to see me because I'm just funny all the time. Like, oh, you do this? Oh, well, he did this. It make you more interested. It make you want. It make more people want to follow you, I guess, because mm-hmm. you're doing more. So I try to tell everybody, like, get on social media. Oh, that's da da da. 
do something else besides comedy. You ain't got to be on social media being a comedian. You cook. Some people, how do you know how to cook? You know, yeah. build shit. Some people, you build this Cooking shit. Cooking with Kush. There you go. Yeah, with Reggie. Reggie, Reggie. <laughs> he, that's what I was telling him. He does Use what you do. We are, we're more than comedians. We ain't going to be funny all the time. I don't wake up funny all the time. I just yeah. told somebody. I wake up depressed sometimes. Like, you know what? Right. <laughs> there was like a week I when I was transferring from one job to the other because I had lost my job and then I was like starting another job. Like, And this is, of course, all happening through COVID where we don't have any mm. like artistic outlets. Right. I just like woke up every morning crying, which I know is very hard to believe sometimes. But it's just, you know, you just wake up because you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you're learning all these. It's just like an overload. You want to just lay back down like, fuck yeah. this. I just, start I back just over. wanted to go back to bed. Right. And, you're like, like I want to start over. I don't I do this again no more. <laughs> yeah. I just like got my coffee. I'm like, okay, this mug says caffeine queen. I don't feel like one right now, but like, I don't, Jimmy got it for me. He was like, I thought this mug was great for you. And I was like, I really appreciate it. That's very cute. But I I don't care right now. I'm just so, I don't feel like any royalty. I feel, you know, it's just, so I get it. Like people, people feel like, I guess when they see you on stage, they're like, you must be like that. All the time. time. It's not. not. We wish we were. Right. I promise I wish I had the energy all the time. I wish I had the energy right now. I'm still like, yeah, I want to go lay down. But at this, I got to go practice some more jokes. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing. I feel like I have to, all, well, speaking of, before we leave, we'll, we'll kind of end this in a second here, but, you know, you've been doing comedy, you're doing all this, you've given a lot of great advice, but if there is one piece of advice, whether it was given to you from somebody else or something you've experienced uh, what would you maybe pass on to somebody who was maybe in your shoes trying to pursue comedy? Enjoy this bullshit grind. Because one day we're going to actually look up and it's going to be like, damn, it's over that fast. Because time, three years went by fast for me. I looked, I'm like, I'm three years in this. And I still don't feel like I accomplished enough, but I've accomplished a lot. Whether I feel like I did or not, it's just like, enjoy the grind. It's, a lot of people, we, we, we get so frustrated because we think we should get these opportunities or we should be doing bigger things, but it's all a process. Like, when I got to, I, 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 I skipped a lot of shit I wasn't supposed to, and I paid for it later on. <laughs> now, experience, experience is a motherfucker on stage when you don't have it. Like, you're up there doing time you ain't supposed to be doing or accepting money you shouldn't have because you're just trying to be a part of the grind. Life will even your ass out, <laughs> I say it like yeah. that, so... Enjoy the grind and practice. Uh, love this shit and, and make it your art. Make it something you really want to do. Take it serious. Mm-hmm. And you have to take chances. Everything about chances. If you ain't taking the chances, you ain't doing nothing. I, I, every time I do something, I take a chance. I love that. Take a chance. You That's have to. Right. You, yes. like, it might fail. It might. I had a video that I, I didn't think too highly of. I just did nothing. And did 100,000 views. I'm like, I didn't even fucking think about it, but all that, like, because you don't have things you put your love and care in, and you know it's going to be the best thing, your best skit or your best joke, and it's just like, nobody cares. Nobody likes it. Just keep going, bro. Like, it's it's going to be something that, that you do that's going to change somebody's life. Like, I didn't get inboxed from people telling my man, you made me you made me feel better about myself. I get depressed, and I just look at your video, I just start laughing, and I'm like, bro, I'm glad I can do that. Sometimes I woke up depressed making this fucking video. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad somebody cared about it and liked it and shared this shit, and now I don't feel so bad. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, especially if you like something. Like, that's why I put so much effort even in doing, like, the little promo. Like, right. where I'm like, send me a headshot, do this. Because Man, that shit was dope. That shit make you feel important. Goddamn like, it, well, it makes me feel good to create it because I get to do an artistic outlet by doing it. Because right. I'm like, oh, how am I going to design this? Or like, And I loved that photo of you because you had that light coming down on you. Shout to A.G. Shaw, he, he did that. He made me sit, stand a certain way. Now, I was, I don't, I'm Ricky Bobby with Phil. I don't know. What, I, 
It was great. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to even enhance that more. So I like enhanced the lighting right. just a little good. bit. It looked good too. Just to make sure when it I was coming down. I got all the lights in that picture. <laughs> all the girls want to have sex with me now. Oh, they do. <laughs> They're going to call up and just like casually subscribe uh, to this right. podcast. And make sure y'all subscribe. What y'all doing? <laughs> Waiting all day. This is a good ass show. I'm coming back when she let me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, absolutely. I like, I've been actually a book next month and then I'm just trying, I've been trying to cover everything. Right. And you, my gosh, and I didn't even realize this, but you're closing out the month of February for us. This is crazy. Oh, I'm the black guy. I'm closing out Black History Month. Oh, we and are. I'm funny, Bob. I'm all black. This black pack. Shout out to y'all. It's all black thing. Even, <laughs> Tommy, this is just Kissman. I didn't. It even is. I didn't even think that. about that. I'm like, that is some shit. Yes, because I was like, February shit. ends like Tuesday. Yeah, literally. So you closed uh, out. You closed out the month of February. You closed Black History Month. Yep, I closed it out. I am Black History. Oh, uh, I, I made it. it history. I made it. I'm Black History, baby. I made Black History. 2021 is my year. Remember, I said that here. Oh we can rewind this. Remember, I said this is my year. Like 20 years from now, when I said it was my year, yeah, that's what. That's this what was, I was the year. This is the year I said this is my year. I said this last year too, and, this, and Corona happened. Well, I feel like a lot <laughs> of people said 2020, myself included. Man. I was like, oh my god, I just hosted for two shows, and I'm. Oh, oh we wow. started off so good, yeah. man. <laughs> I was the helium. I'm like, yeah, we did it. Right. Dun, dun, dun. We were in helium. We were like, Shit. yes, oh my god. But you know, I, I like, I will say, shout out to all the clubs here and everybody who have. Shout been out to too for the crack oh, fox that's here at the crack yeah. fox everybody that i've been working for has really been doing great safe protocols and things like right. that and um, good showcases too like yeah, everything i've been showcases. part of i've been some good showcase i'm not gonna lie i'm grateful to even be still working in this shit yeah it's, it's a blessing but speaking Corona. of uh, working in this shit why don't you tell us all the shit that we can find you oh on? <laughs> uh YouTube, she be having us, S H Y T be having us uh, podcast that she will be on too. Uh, find me on Instagram, Tommy Dangerfield TV, Facebook, Tommy Dangerfield, uh, Snapchat, Tommy Dangerfield. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TikTok, Tommy Dangerfield. I'm Tommy Dangerfield. That's only one of me. You can all find me on everything. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. She be having it. Uh, subscribe to What's Up Dog. That's on uh, YouTube. What else? Uh, Monsters LLC, that's on YouTube. Nick Pyatt. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, Ofer, we got the open mic. Uh, Winking Wednesday at Legacy every Wednesday. Black Choice, the host. Um, if I forgot something, I'm sorry. Fuck y'all. Sorry. Right. We'll, we'll keep I following y'all. up. I yeah, love y'all. I'll be back. I'll remember it next time. I'll write a list of shit I'm supposed to remember that I ain't going to remember. Oh, I love it. No, what <laughs> happens to you when you're like, share every promotion? Right. I was like, I, it's a, uh, we got a show. That, it's not going to, no, you worry about that. But Mary got a show, Blazer Stage, this Friday. By the time y'all see this, it'll be over with. Sorry. So, <laughs> I said, I was going to say, I said, Mary, we're going to kill that shit Friday, but they ain't going to see it because. Go, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Mary Jane. We got a lot, like I said, we got a lot of Tina Duvall. I did a show, the show uh, Rife. We got a lot of dope ass comedians here, man. Shout out we to Chad do. Wallace, too, for the info. My friends are doing some shit with him. Chad Wallace is great, too. Yeah. I missed the uh, comedy shipwreck open mic. I yeah, I do. He, we were just talking about that. He said he didn't take advantage of it. I'm like, I feel that shit. Mm -hmm. But like I said, Jason Nelson, shout out to Jason Nelson. He gave me my first shout on the road. I feel bad because he didn't know how to do a comedy like two months then. He took me on the road. Aww, <laughs> and, I didn't okay. him, and I didn't tell him until like the day of the show. He was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that's on my second month. I'm going to do good. I'm going to do good. And I, Don't I did worry. Good. I got this. Yeah, and I just did good. Like, thank God. But... But that's what we need in life for people to take chances. Give you chances, yeah. yeah. And words like Monkey's Morning gave me a lot of uh, notes. Uh, when I got on the road, Jason Taylor advised for me uh, uh, riddles for um, up in Chicago with Damon Williams. 
Like, we got a lot of dope comedians here, man. I respect a lot of people that fuck with me, man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, make sure that you also... Shout out to Party B, Precious J Country, as my baby motherfucker. That's uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> They're fantastic. I'll, listen, the list could go on. You should, especially yeah. for St. Louis Independent Comedy, please make sure to look up the St. Louis Independent Comedy pages, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the website, the um, Instagram, Twitter... Uh, Facebook, I gotta get a Twitter. It. You're right. You gotta get a Twitter. See, I I just got into my Twitter too, so it's it's okay. I suck at Twitter. They never like retweeted me. So like, fuck y'all. Yeah. Well, so we'll we'll get into retweets too later on. <laughs> but uh, just remember, if you speaking of casually liking and sharing, just casually subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We don't have TikTok yet, but who knows? Yeah, who I'm knows? gonna help her get a TikTok popping. That's where all the shit at. I need it. You gotta teach me. See, I'll it's help you with some podcast stuff, and you can teach me TikTok. That's, all right, that's, great. That's, that's what I'm talking um, about. Teamwork make the dream work. work. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm like, we made this work. Teamwork. <laughs> well, I always ask everybody once we're done with the episode what are you going to casually do now now that we're done uh, I'm going to go to the open mic at Legacy and work on some oh, material the competition we got to get him there that, I mean no I, 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 I'm walking I'm good I'm probably going to walk straight on stage <laughs> just, <laughs> just like walk on there well he's going to head to Legacy I'm going to head home and eat some food alright bye I'm everybody y'all be easy subscribe <laughs> god damn it hit, hit the button somewhere now put the button subscribe. there subscribe it's going to be somewhere now put the button hit the goddamn button